You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, available free on all of your podcast platforms. Make sure you're subscribed or following the Locked On Browns podcast, uh, leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, follow me at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the show itself at Locked On Browns. You guys know the drill. Follow back account. DMs are open over there. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. Uh, some changes over there. Uh, new hosts in town, Eric Crocker, uh, Ryan Tracy, Eric of Lockdown 49ers, Ryan Tracy, part of Lockdown Chiefs, uh, will be manning the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. Uh, make sure you're checking that out, following Spotify, Odyssey, Apple, all of that good stuff. We're going to sit down today with Sobo, Mr. Brent Sobleski, get some thoughts here on the Browns uh, through the first two weeks of the year. Um, obviously the news out now that the Browns will be facing uh, rookie signal caller, Justin Fields. Um, so it's going to be an interesting day. We'll get to that in the third segment as Justin Fields uh, makes his start basically where he ended up getting drafted in the first round. So going to be interesting there. Uh, Brett offensively. And I, I'm not sure if this is an issue to say per se, um, but it's, it's certainly a nice problem to have, but it's certainly a difficult thing to manage on game days. Um, and with Jarvis Landry being out this week, you're getting Odell Beckham Jr. back. The Browns are very, very deep at the skill positions. And it, while it makes up for great game planning, things of that nature, and it allows you to do things within the game, you know, come game day, come Sundays, Monday nights, whatever it is, where you can change things around, such as Demetri Felton get a big opportunity uh, late Sunday and proving to be a difference maker. There's a lot of mouths to feed here right now. Brent, you're dad. I'm a dad. We only got a number. I mean, Coach Kevin Stefanski, Alex Van Pelt, there are a lot of mouths to feed at the skill position. And at the same time, your best player is somebody you're never going to throw the ball to. You're just going to hand it to him. It's interesting, Jeff, because if you look at it, there is a lot of skill position talent, as you mentioned. But how much actual proven talent is within that group? And that's really the question mark. I'm even referring to Odell Beckham Jr. Because let's look at this, Wild right? Card. Since the start of the 2020 campaign, we have never seen Cleveland with its full allotment of targets, at least healthy and ready to perform at its highest level. Because at the beginning of 2020, do, do not forget, Jarvis Landry was coming off that hip uh, surgery and as he revealed later, it was much worse than, than anyone knew at the time. So he was never a full tilt when Odell was playing halfway decent at the beginning of that season. Then Odell gets hurt. So large, uh, Landry starts getting healthy and the offense starts clicking. And now you have to once again implement Odell Beckham Jr. into your offense. And some people, I get it. He's an exceptional talent. He gives you something to that offense you lack. I'm not denying any of these things whatsoever. But implementing him within the scheme instead of making him the focus of the scheme is going to be extremely difficult on the fly going into week three. When you factor that in, now not having Landry, Anthony Schwartz is a talented young man. And we can get into the one play, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's rookie <laughs> mistakes, and he's going to make those, and those are going to pop up as we go along. 
You can look at Donovan Peoples-Jones that, yes, year two, but simultaneously hasn't been worked fully into the offense yet. Rashard Higgins barely played week one, kind of came back into the fold a little bit week two. He's your most reliable guy, and you're barely using him. So to me, it's a bit of a conundrum on where they go moving forward because I've always likened a balanced offense to something Mike, Mike Leach said. Mike Leach said this beautifully. A balanced offense isn't a 50-50 split run pass. A balanced offense is getting the ball into all of your playmakers' hands. And that's going to be difficult for Cleveland because I mentioned the wide receivers and where they currently stand in regards to uncertainty. But you got Austin Hooper. You got David Njoku. You got Nick Chubb. You got Kareem Hunt. Now you add Demetrius Felton to the mix. Harrison it Bryan. really comes down to Baker Mayfield being the distributor we know he can be without forcing things. And if that happens, they will be absolutely fine. I'm not necessarily sure or 100% on the fact that that's, that's what we'll see right out of the gate against the tough Bears defense. And this is the thing with Odell and you know bringing him back. And it's, look, the, the days of Odell Beckham Jr., and I'm not saying he certainly cannot do this within a game plan, but when the Browns originally brought him in, they're thinking 100 reception, 1,300, 1,400 yards, 12, 13, 14, the numbers he was putting up with the New York Giants. They don't need that by any means. They do not need that. You know, four for 60, and that's you know where they're now challenging the second level, the third level. They're challenging the safeties. And we saw this without any deep threat essentially going on Sunday against the Texans. The play action, the offensive line, is going to lead to a lot of wide-open, easy throws to the tune of 90% completion. Um, But now you were thinking maybe in kind of what we all thought we were trending towards with Donovan Peoples-Jones over the summer because the reviews were fantastic. He was maybe going to be some assistance in challenging that. Really hasn't happened. Anthony Schwartz week one did. Anthony Schwartz came right back down to earth week two typical rookie type of thing of course you know nobody really too you know not too too much to be expected or you know freaked out in that nature it's the way it's going to go uh for a rookie um so the thing is is you know getting Odell in and this is probably where the Browns can actually save themselves is they were obviously very very smart in how they've handled this and realizing the length of this season and there's no reason to expect 17 games out of them I think 20 25 reps, maybe 30 reps. And there's going to be a lot of instances where Odell's going to be out there just so people can point from the Bears secondary and say, well, that's where he is. We have some attention here. But it's not even so much what Odell Beckham Jr. is as much as it's maybe the thought and the presence of that's Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, it's gamesmanship to a degree. and Very similar to what Chicago could have done all week if they really wanted to with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. They decided to come up publicly and say Fields is going to start. But they had the opportunities to not name their starter. They had the opportunity to say Andy Dalton could still play. And then you're preparing for them as a defense because you have to. And if you look at Chicago's defense, really the strength is in the front seven. You have Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, Akeem Hicks. You know, these guys are, are fantastic football players. They're not as strong in the secondary. Yes, they have some big names like Eddie Jackson, uh, for as an example. But they were scrambling to find cornerback help this offseason they let Kyle Kyle Fuller go right and then you're now starting Jalen Johnson who's a very good second year player but then Kendall Vildor steps kind of into that big role you have Duke Shelley playing the slot there is an opportunity there to take advantage of what would be considered the weakness of the group 
through at least the weaker portion of the Bears defense. You just have to be able to capitalize. And if you can capitalize, it's most likely going to be due to the fact that they're concentrating on Odell Beckham. Whenever he's on the field, you have to account for him. Now, what his availability will be, his overall usage, that's going to be in question. I don't have that answer. None of us have that answer. I don't think anyone other than Odell Beckham knows exactly where he's at and how he feels. So we can't make an assumption he's going to be a difference maker from the onset of his return. At the same time, if he can provide that threat, the threat's what's important. The threat is what makes, opens up everything else. And that's what Anthony Schwartz gave in week one, didn't provide in week two, that threat of downfield presence. Because was we've seen in the last year plus in Kevin Stefanski's offense, he's setting up each easy throws for Baker Mayfield and really trying to move the ball down the field efficiently. And the, and the big plays essentially come from the run game because they find they set it up, set it up, set it up, boom. All of a sudden, four quarter, Nick Chubb's breaking a big one and secures the game. That We've seen that consistently. <laughs> what we haven't seen consistently is the ability to threaten uh, the vertical aspect of the game. And it started with Kansas City, became blatantly obvious in the playoffs and that they constricted the field. We're not seeing quite yet this year the ability to push the ball down the field uh, with any type of, for lack of a better term, again, consistency. So looking at it, I, I want to, not as a decoy, that's not the right word here for Odell Beckham Jr., but the fact that he's a threat. And the threat will change the way Chicago plays defense, even if he's not on the field on a full-time basis. Yeah, and a couple of things from that. And now you got like you go to you know where Baker was mic'd up on Sunday and talking about communication with everybody, and to the point where I don't care. I'll tell them what we're doing. I don't care as long as everybody's on the same page. They can know what we're doing. Guess what? We do it better. We're not too concerned about that. Um, but it's certainly going to be interesting. Um, just want to get to one more here. And you know, look, we've all had you know are fun with the Jarvis Landry conversations over the years. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's no doubt about it. The Browns are a better football team with Jarvis Landry playing. There's no doubt about that. This beckons a little bit of a problem here. You know, very, very important on third down. I My guess is so, but maybe if it's true traditional route running, you're going to see Richard Higgins maybe in those spots. If it's the gimmicky stuff, um, you know, a combination of Schwartz and Felton, and for all of, you know, all the jokes and everything we've done at Jarvis Landry at his expense, we're talking about him being out now, obviously, minimum three weeks. You're talking maybe three people to replace just what Jarvis Landry did for you week in, week out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the typical things, right? The thing with Jarvis, and I know this is funny to when we're discussing a $15 million wide receiver, <laughs> but things like blocking. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm dead serious. When I, it sets the tone. And we saw a little bit with DPJ in the, in week two. And in fact, I remember uh, specifically off the top of my head where he sprung one of Nick Chubb's run because he was, he set the edge. <laughs> he came down on the wing and set the edge. This is what Jarvis does consistently. So yes, you have the route running, you have the reliability, you have uh, the third down target, the red zone target. He's the, generally Baker Mayfield's favorite guy in that in that area, in those areas. But at the same time, he does more than that. He does his capability of the gadget plays, the blocking, just being the leader on the field. I know we can't necessarily put a price tag on those things, and I'll be the first to say probably overpaid to a degree, but at the same time, 
he's a damn fine player. And when you lose a damn fine player, you're not a better offense because of it. There is skill there. There is ability. But when you have to basically cooperate those those skills into multiple different from from multiple different players instead of having that singular player on the field to do all those things for you it makes it more difficult because here's the thing opposing nfl coaches like to lean on these little things called keys and tendencies so if you have a player in there and you know he's capable of doing one thing but not another they know real quick what you're attempting to do Mm -hmm. and so if you're not trying to push the ball downfield with Schwartz, what are they expecting? They're expecting the gadget plays. They're they're they have fully prepared for those moments. If you have DP DPJ coming down on the wing, what are they expecting? He's going to block. They know that's coming. They're going to work around it. And so when those tendencies emerge, it makes it more difficult for an offense to operate. And that's really the difference because when you have Jarvis out there, he can do all those things. No one else on the in the lineup can do all those things. And and it's also the thing of you know you you it, it resonates it, it people see why eighty is respected and now you brought up Donovan Peoples Jones Rashard Higgins he had the last block to uh, release mm-hmm. Demetri Felton on his touchdown it's a uh, well this is what this guy does and and the other thing is it becomes catchy you know like you understand and we saw this early last year and Rashard Higgins wasn't playing Donovan Peoples Jones wasn't getting much run Kadero Hodge was getting a lot of run and the point was look I ain't gonna throw it to you if you ain't gonna block. Um, so, you know, I mean, and again, having a tell essentially, um, and it's just great to see that type of stuff and, and it's gonna, and look, we'll see the importance of Jarvis here. We will truly see it. Um, and it's going to take, like we just said, it's going to take a lot of guys to fill the role of 80. So we'll see. I mean, you know, Chicago bears and granted their secondary isn't that great, but the pass rush between Hicks, Khalil Mack can make it difficult to even, you know, get to, you know, uh, Baker having the opportunity to go through, you know, uh, his reads one, two, three, his read progression is obviously the route running of um, all this skill that we've been talking about. We're going to get to the defensive side here uh, with Brent. Uh, I think to this point, I think it's some is what we expected. I think there's some things that for me personally, I think should have been better to this point. We're going to get to that with Brent Sobolewski as we continue here uh, with your Friday edition of Lockdown Browns. You all know Rock Auto. They've been a fantastic sponsor here of the Lockdown Podcast Network for a tremendously long time. It's very simple. You go to rockauto.com. What parts are you looking for? Whether it's major stuff regarding to your engine, your transmission, minor stuff, tail lights, blinker lights, even floor mats, carpeting, type in your vehicle, make, model, etc. And you'll see the catalog of things that are offered for you for your vehicle from rockauto.com. Why go to a parts store where they're essentially going to buy the same thing from rockauto.com, but then mark up the price to you? With YouTube tutorials, things of this nature, people are a lot smarter, a lot more intelligent as far as vehicle maintenance, and rockauto.com can help you do that. Go to rockauto.com right now. Uh, it's in there. How did you hear about us, Box? Type in Lockdown so they know the folks here at the Lockdown Network sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. I think I'm going to start with the negatives here. And Brent, I, I mean, for this defensive line, I think one of the things we were concerned about was going to be where was the run defense going to be with this? Because, I mean, you're now you're basically – we don't really truly know what Malik McDowell is in, you know, in the NFL. So far he's been really, really good, but we, we're not really sure just exactly, you know, what his calling card is. But, look, granted, he's been fantastic. But to think that – an offensive line consisted of Malik Jackson, who's been a, a defensive line, been a solid pass rusher in this NFL. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, and Malik McDowell looking as good as he is through two games. 
Game one, got a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, you know, the arm angles, all of this stuff. You understand how you don't always get home. Week two, not much of nothing. But to think that this group collectively through two games only has one sack kind of just blows my mind a little bit. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. And maybe I'm seeing this different than other people, but I, I don't see a very creative defense, to be quite honest with you. Uh, very vanilla in a lot of ways. And specifically referring to the defensive line, I expected all kind of different sub packages. I wanted to see guys moving all over the place because what do you do when you have great players, you exploit mismatches, you know, for the most part, I'm not entirely, but for the most part, we've seen Jadavion Clowney at left end. We've seen miles Garrett at right end. And then we've seen rotation at defensive tackle. Now there's certain instances where tack McKinley will come in and he'll line up at three tech next to uh, miles and things of that, uh, that ilk. But at the same time, it's not effective <laughs> what they're doing. Um, you see JOK being used in blitz packages, but they're delayed blitzes coming from depth, not not again off the line of scrimmage, not working off the Just edge. Leaning like, over the A-gap, trying to scare the daylights out of people. Exactly. And so these things are a tad worrisome from a schematic point of view, at least in my opinion. And so if you look at it, though, statistically, they're not as bad off uh, in creating pressure as one would think. Because just between Garrett Clowney in Jackson. Now I'm, I'm referring to pro football focus here. They have 20 total pressures in th- in two games. That's actually pretty solid, but they're not getting home consistently and it's not doing enough to rattle opposing quarterbacks. Now the first quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, only so much you can do, right? He's going to make you pay if you don't find a way to get home. Second, Tyrod Taylor. For as much as we talk about Tyrod Taylor, he is a very mobile quarterback. Is very efficient with the football. And when you play off coverage like the Browns did early in that contest, he's going to take whatever you give him and get the ball out quickly. So your defensive front's never going to get to him anyways. Furthermore, and I will point this out, as good as Miles Garrett is, and some might say this is blasphemy, Laramie Tunsil kind of dominated him <laughs> until he got hurt. Tunsil's that damn good. And while Garrett is that damn good as well, Tunsil's one of the top offensive tackles in the NFL, and he played exceptionally well until he what was an ankle. He injured something along the line. So looking at it, I want to see more just in general because what was the statistic I posted the other day on social media? I went through the third down situations for the Browns. Opponents in through two, two games have converted 64.3% of the first downs. Not good enough. Not good enough. You are going to lose and lose a lot in this league if you cannot win on third down. And the sad part is, to your point about the run game and Malik McDowell, the Browns right now are pretty damn good against the run. This is not the type of defensive front we've seen in previous years. You're not seeing guys losing gap integrity. You're not seeing them getting blown off the ball. They are playing strong, sound football. But when you place yourself in second and seven or third and eight or, you know, the situational to where you are, it's beneficial to you as a defense, that's when you have to capitalize. That's when you have to be creative. That's when you have to compo- uh, confuse opposing quarterbacks. And that's where they're failing. I know it's a new unit, basically. <laughs> you have <laughs> Garrett Ward and everybody else who came in, essentially. You don't have Anthony Walker on the field right now. That's unfortunate. Nobody cares. Show up and do your job and play to your capabilities. And they're falling short of that. And it's disappointing even if it's only two games, and even if you take into consideration they're still coalescing as a unit. To me, it, this is a big-time test against the Chicago Bears. 
because yes, Justin Fields is a rookie. And yes, this is his first NFL start. But at the same time, at the excuse me, at the same time, he is very athletic. He is very dynamic. And if you let him sit there and make plays or allow him to get out into into space, he's going to burn you and he's going to burn you bad. And even as good as that Browns offense is, that defense has to step up at some point, one or another. Now with the, you know, last week, I believe it was 18 snaps and dime. You finally get Grant Delpit. Um, I'm sure the, you know, the, the thought process was there against the chiefs, but Ronnie Harrison gets ejected early, you know, tied your hands as far as what you could do. Um, and this is where it's interesting with fields getting the start this week, you know, this Browns defense, the way, and we've heard Joe Woods talk about it, you know, dime nickel playing a ton of DBs playing three safeties. It's a theory predicated on being able to handle the Ravens, being able to handle the bills, being able to handle the chiefs where you have quarterbacks with good mobility. The Bears basically line up for this now with Justin Fields under center as opposed to all Andy Dalton. And we finally got to see Delpit last week. We're starting to see more and more of Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. And so it's going to be interesting because, you know, I mean, we have all everybody loves to have all these talks about 51, but it may not become even a, a question for 51 just because this is the way they want to play. They want to play more athletic. They want to play faster. And today in the NFL, there is not much size discrepancy between a linebacker and a safety. And at the end of the day, if it's, you know, comes down to five or 10 pounds or it comes down a 0.2 seconds on a 40, you're going to want the faster guy on the field. And you know, with it being at 18 last week, I think it might be more this week. And the other thing is, is you know, with all of these defensive backs on the field and you saw the Grant Delpit blitz last week, you can start incorporating more of these things. And specifically in mind with a guy like Justin Fields, you know, because it's look, this is no knock on Justin Fields in any way whatsoever. But what was put into this defense, the investment that was made, but through the draft, through free agency, all these players they brought in was, I don't care who in the world the rookie quarterback is, this defense, what I built, should rattle a rookie quarterback. And I think we need to start to see, and I agree with you where it seems kind of bland and like towards the end of last year and even the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game, you're not seeing much difference with much better players on the field, which is kind of crazy because we're talking about John Johnson, the third Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, all of these, but not much different. This is a week where we kind of need to see maybe that first step of, you know, basically the graph of where this defense should be trending towards. Should be. That's the key term. And look, I understand the way the NFL is trending. You want softer coverage, open Open coverage, for those who don't know, open coverage is cover two where you have the split safeties. You don't have closed coverage, which is cover three, which they relied on more in previous years. They want to make quarterbacks earn their yards to be patient, to be efficient, to not make mistakes. That is the way the NFL is trending. But when you take that approach, you have to force quarterbacks into mistakes. And that's where they're falling short. And that's where these these big name additions have to make plays and so i'm not going to completely destroy joe woods for what for their approach at the moment because i think it works in the nfl if you're doing it correctly brandon staley fielded the number one defense in the nfl last year his theory was very simple light boxes meaning you know four to seven four to six guys in the box at almost all times based on What's your front you want to have and two, one or two linebackers on the field, drop everyone in the coverage and then try to confuse quarterbacks with your coverages. So 
it's understandable that that's the way the league wants to trend, especially when you're guaranteeing yardage for a quarterback because because the rules are slanted in that direction. So I get it. I understand that. But it comes down to situational football, placing yourself in a position to succeed and then doing so, executing, being able to place them quarterbacks in a predicament. You have to make this decision because we did this and it benefits us. They're not doing those things consistently. And that's that's really the theme of our discussion today, right? Consistency, consistency, consistency. The only guys that you see consistent in Cleveland Brown football right now is the offensive line. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, surprisingly, unless you, we want to discuss that throw, which I've now mentioned twice, just because I know there's some people that <laughs> have a discrepancy on it. And the run game. Everyone else is a bit of a bit up in the air. And as good as you are, as talented as you are, as good as everything looks on paper, you have to take that to the field and show that you are worthy of those expectations. Now, this is a one-on-one team, and they're very winnable games over the next few weeks. They may be more difficult than we expected, but they're still very winnable. To me, that adjustment they make in the next in the next few weeks will say a lot about where this team will be by the end of the season. And they cannot get in the habit of this, you know, third quarter of, you know, you can't let NFL teams hang around. You let NFL teams hang around. It's a whole different ballgame. They have day of the firepower. Um, you let them hang around. They see a window where they may be able to sneak in. They're going to basically try and take it. And you got to start closing this out. And it is still weird to me to watch an NFL team get to a situation like the Browns do and just say, we need 65 yards and a touchdown on this drive. All right, abandon everything else. We're just going to run the ball. Um, it's a nice little thing, nice little luxury to have to be able to fall back on. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Justin Fields' uh, NFL debut as a starter coming here Sunday at First Energy. Brent Sobleski are along for the ride here on your latest Locked on Browns. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on it to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign in today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Hey there, Browns fans. This is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon off on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card, or Amazon, or any other type of brand. Just download the free GetUpside app 
and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that is promo code TOUCHDOWN. It's kind of ironic, Brent, and I think we all kind of maybe thought about this a little bit when Justin Fields was selected by the Chicago Bears, um, seeing that week three slate and for, you know, a lot of contingency of Browns fans, strong Ohio State fans. A lot of it was, I hope Justin Fields has a fantastic rookie year starting week four. Um, but it's a weird situation. Obviously, you know, in the state of Ohio, Justin Fields is beloved. Um, but make no mistake, he's going to walk into a hostile environment. And right up to even 12.59, there's going to be a lot of people in that crowd really, really, oh, it's Justin Fields, and this is awesome. Da, da, da. But come one o'clock, you know, Justin Fields will become the enemy of First Energy Stadium. Nobody's going to care what he did at Ohio State. Um, so for him, but it's a tough environment. I mean, to talk about what First Energy is, it's always been a passionate group, even when the Browns were you know, dog crap. There's no way around it. It's always been a passionate group. But now that there is expectations that people are going to this stadium on Sundays to see victories, and it just so happens, here you go, trying to get to two and one, secure first place, uh, you know, in the AFC North, and here comes, you know, one of uh, you know Ohio's favorites and Justin Fields, and starting in his NFL career, especially now as we mentioned against a defense that really needs to start turning a corner here. Look, Jeff, you know how I feel about <clears throat> Justin Fields, right? During my pre-draft evaluation, I said consistently that he's not that far behind Trevor Lawrence. Nope. And I truly believe that. In fact, 2019, he was the better quarterback. Now, there were some questions in 2020, and Lawrence played very well to assert himself as the number one overall pick. I've also said I think the pre-draft process did, did Justin Fields dirty. I mean, let's be honest. The way that he was talked about, some of the things you heard from scouts, it was ridiculous. It was over the top. It was unnecessary for a talent of his caliber, for a young man of his caliber. With the 11th overall pick, the Bears trading up, I've also stated it was the best selection of the entire draft class, that they made the move they had to make as an organization to finally rectify decades of mistakes at the game's most important position. So this is... That is my bias when we enter this conversation, right? And I'm, I'm laying it all out there for everyone who, who's listening. Now, looking at where he stands and what he is capable of doing, his true accuracy last year was off the charts for anyone that looks at, uh, looks at uh, extended, expanded statistics. And so the one thing you cannot do is what Cleveland has done through the first two weeks. And that's allow him to get comfortable in the pocket. Because while everyone will see he's an exceptional athlete and a dual threat quarterback, he's at his best when he's operating within the system and able to make those initial reads and just deliver the football on time, in rhythm, beautifully. This is where he's at his best. Look, I will clarify, this doesn't mean he can't work one to two to three in his progression. He absolutely can. But he's deadly if you don't take things away from him. And that's where Cleveland either has to excel or will fail in this contest. Because as you saw in his first real action, you know, it was a little it was a little overwhelming. And I'm not going to blame him for that. He wasn't expected to be the game. He didn't get first team reps. The the scheme wasn't built around him. This week's going to be entirely different. And Cleveland's going to attack him knowing that he's the quarterback. And so it's essentially when you get a rookie quarterback, one of two things is going to happen. 
either he's going to flourish very very quickly because he has the skill set to do so and he expands what his team is capable of doing or the opposite happens. And this is much like we saw with Zach Wilson this past week. And it's not necessarily slight against Zach Wilson. It's based on surrounding cast, opposition, and game planning. And when you're facing Bill Belichick, we all understand why Zach Wilson didn't do that well. <laughs> I don't see that necessarily happening with Justin Fields. Look, I'm not a betting guy, but I have to look at the spreads each week for Bleacher Report. This is over a touchdown spread. I don't know if that, that Browns defense, based on what we have seen them playing so far this year, can slow him consistently throughout the contest. I think it's going to be a very close game. Cleveland could, could very well win. But what Fields is capable of doing is so much more than if Andy Dalton was in the game. You, we knew what Andy Dalton was going to do. He's going to dink and dunk and you know poke here and there and hit the soft spots. Justin Fields is a difference maker, both as a runner and as a passer. He's going to get a big player too. The, the issue is whether you can get him off his game the rest of the rest of the contest. Yeah, and maybe rat him a little early. And this is one thing now. You know, Allen Robinson has probably got to be walking around the Hallis Hall facilities with the biggest grin in the world going, oh, my God, I think we actually have somebody that's going to throw me the ball 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. We could possibly finally start to do some vertical things. Um, in, you know, it's it, it, for Allen Robinson, it's always just been the weirdest, weirdest path because everywhere he's gone and everybody they brought in, I mean, it's just they, they just can't find anybody worthy a, a damn to get him involved to the type of caliber player it is. And to think that his best days in the NFL were with Blake Bortles is enough that that's all you really need to know. So he doesn't need much. Allen Robinson doesn't need much at all. Um, and for Justin Fields, obviously, you know, having a target of that ilk, certainly something should make his life a little easier. You can hit Allen Robinson a couple of times. That's going to open up this field for him tremendously. Jump in here, Brent. I turn it off because I don't want the dogs barking or things going on. Wouldn't be and the first dog to ever in. jump on Locked On Brown, so don't worry about that. Well, I understand, but you know how it is working from home. We all experienced it the past year. With that said, <laughs> the one weakness we know the, the Chicago Bears possess is their offensive front. They're down through like their, their third, fourth, fifth in offensive tackles. Yep. You sign Jason Peters off the street to plug him in because your second-round pick never even practiced it down for you due to back issues, which is another problem unto itself. So this, this is the game where the front four has to produce. This is where you have to be creative in pressure packages. You don't have to send the house. You don't need to have six, seven-man blitzes, right? You don't, need the whole, the, you don't need to go full casino on it. What you do need is to confuse the rookie and take advantage of the mismatches you do possess in the trenches. And this is also, you know, where they brought up Adenabo, Adenabo for this week. And this is maybe a little bit of a sign attack McKinley to Joe Jackson. Um, we need more. Look, I mean, you know, we know who one is. We know who two is. We don't really know what the pecking order is of three, four, five, as far as the edge rushers. And, you know, you want to have that diversity, but you also need other guys that are going to come in and contribute as well, um, especially with a 17-game season. And, you know, Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett, you're trying to – be smart and be cautious with their reps as you go down the process. Some of these guys have to step up, but yes, this is on the defensive line and certainly on Joe Woods. Um, you know, look, you, and you got the benefit of having Chicago tip their hand before you even took to the practice field for the week. Um, so 
defensive line. Uh, you know, it's kind of something, you know, you built a really, really nice one. And this is the old adage of, you know, things sometimes look great on paper. What does it look like on grass? And we're going to need to see what it looks like on grass. Um, I think we all understand what it's capable of. Um, but until we truly see it, you know, it's got to work. He got to find a way to get home. And look, Justin Fields has seen a ton, played a ton of football, played a ton of football against, you know, absolute stars that are in the NFL now. But, you know, still, this is his first start in the NFL. And to this point, even the reps he's seen, most of it has been gimmicky using his legs. Now that he is a full-line quarterback, and you've got to confuse the young man. I think it's going to be a fun game. I'm going to be honest with you. It's something that we probably looked ahead of a little bit if you were schedule peaking in the preseason. <laughs> but I, to me, it's exciting. It, it, the, Cleveland has to show that they're capable on the defensive side of the ball, whereas the Chicago Bears have their entire future in front of him. That's an awesome dynamic for just a one o'clock Sunday game, which you don't get that often, right? Especially this early in the season. So I think what's really cool about this is you have Cleveland who now has those expectations, who now believes there's something more and Chicago is trying to get there and now feels they have those pieces in place. So you get that juxtaposition between two franchises at different stages. And to me, whichever one, performs the best in those specific positions we discuss of concern that will that will determine the outcome it's it's going to be a good one and of course now it's it certainly definitely has a nice storyline to it uh with the start of justin fields but look you're the better team it's a rookie quarterback you can keep things as simple as that you know these are games you should win as far as a point spread it could be one of very similar last week where you know it was you know really really close and then you kind of maybe just eked it out over the spread um but we'll see uh but bottom line is they ain't gotta be pretty uh they all count the same get a w somehow some way but yeah we're starting to look here hopefully for some improvement on the defensive side of the ball he is brent sobaleski from bleacher report whether it's nfl draft coverage whether it is nfl coverage brent's always doing a fantastic job over there make sure you're reading and actually his 64.3 um stat which i kicked out the other night i told you guys <laughs> where, that's where we got it from brent did the hard work so we certainly gave him credit for it uh so make sure you follow brent sobaleski all the work obviously on social media on twitter as well uh read everything the show itself locked on browns follow back accounts you guys know me personally, at self underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey, whatever podcast platform it is, Locked On Browns, always available, always free. Make sure you're subscribed or following, leading those five-star ratings and written reviews. Uh, we'll get you out of pregame a little later on Friday as we try to get all the information we possibly can uh, to get you guys the, the best coverage, the best analysis that we will have on the game. With that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.